Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Time Shifters podcast. My apologies for the cold open, but I had this interview you're about to hear all edited and ready to go and then later realized that I should really give it some context. This past June I went to Mars, Pennsylvania for the Monster Bash. This was the 20th anniversary of the best classic monster celebration that I know of. If you're a fan of the classics, Universal, Hammer, 50s B-movies with giant insects, rodents, or people, then Monster Bash is something you need to attend. This year's guests included Rico Browning, who portrayed the underwater creature in the Creature of the Black Lagoon films, classic B-movie director Bird-Eye Gordon, and Hammer Girl Veronica Carlson, plus many more, as well as a ton of incredible vendors that will set you up with whatever it is you're looking for. I, I may have spent more than I had planned. Since this year's has passed, you might want to start planning for next year. It already looks to be a fun one. You can visit MonsterBashNews.com to learn more and plan your trip. And maybe look into their Monster Bash Oktoberfest movie marathon that they're hosting in Canton, Ohio. This was my third bash, and maybe the most fun one yet. I'd like to give a shout-out to some of the folks that helped make that happen. First of all, of course, Ron Adams, the man behind the bash, and all his assistants, helpers, volunteers, and minions. Derek Cook of Monster Kid Radio, Juan Ortiz, Nick Brown, his wife Fiona, and Mary Rotolo of the B-Movie cast, Steve Sullivan, author and regular voice on MKR and the B-Movie cast, Jeff Owens and Richard Chamberlain of the Classic Horrors Club podcast, Scott Morris of the Disney Indiana and 1951 Downplace podcast, fellow monster movie fan extraordinaire John Angarola, and of course some of the men of the Mimiverse, writer-director Christopher R. Mim, Monster Maker Mitch Gonzalez, and last but not least, the man you'll soon hear here, Mark Hader. I'm positive I've left a couple, if not several, people out of that list. My apologies if I did. Hopefully you know who you are, and you, of course, can email me and chastise me. Just send those emails to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. But hey, thanks to everyone, whether I mentioned you or not. Okay, all that out of the way. Here's a conversation I had with Miniverse regular Mark Hader, where we talk about the bash, the films of Christopher Mim, and how Mark left me to die in the Evans City Cemetery. This is an awesome. This is like a simulcast here, maybe. This is Christopher with the Time Shifters podcast. I'm here with Mark Hader, one of the many stars of the Mimiverse films, the films of Christopher R. Mim. Now, of course, your most famous character is General Castle. But you yes. played other characters. And there's, or is it just Castle? You played other characters. No, I've played other characters. Yeah. I played a henchman, uh, Knock, in the very first film. He was uh, That was Destination Outer Space. Uh, and then I was uh, Dr. Haderov. <laughs> in uh, Attack of the Moon Zombies. And then after that, it was General Castle. Spoiler, spoiler. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. No, it was... Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, General Castle in um, House of Ghosts. Right. Spoiler, spoiler. And then it was <laughs> General Castle again in The Giant Spider. And then, that's become the character I think you're most kind of known for. For any fans of the Mimiverse, yes. when they see you, you are General Castle. 
Yes, that is. It's it makes me uncomfortable, but it's true. It, it is. Now, General Kessel's like, not a nice man. No, he's not. And, I, uh, I can attest that Mark is generally, <laughs> generally, generally a nice guy. No pun intended, General <laughs> Castle. But uh, no, there's a there's a story there though, which proves that sometimes uh, even the most forgetful of us can fall from grace. I yeah. guess would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, to give you some context, we are here in uh, Mars, Pennsylvania, at the 20th anniversary Monster Bash. Yes, sir. And not too far away from here is the very famous cemetery that was used for the filming of Night of the Living Dead, one of the most important horror films of American cinema. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So there was discussion about going to the cemetery, visiting the cemetery. Yep. I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I'd love to go. I, I went, but I didn't get any really good pictures. I'd like to get some better pictures. Great. Mark says, I'll text you and let you know when we're going. <laughs> well, a short time a couple hours later or so, I notice Mark's not around, and I hear the cemetery comes up in conversation again, and Chris Mim says, yeah, I think that's where they're at now. I'm like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> there was a group of us that were going to go, and I was going to go get Chris some lunch at Arby's, so I ran to get him lunch, and then it was decided right after that that, okay, we're going to all hop in the car and go, and so we all hopped in the van, in my rental van, and we drove out, totally spaced it out until we got back, and... Uh, I got a ding on my Facebook notification saying, hey, Christopher Page tagged you in a post. And I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> shoot, 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 dang it, dang it, dang it. And I saw the picture and he, yeah, he's he called me out on Facebook and I rightfully deserve it. <laughs> all, all in fun. I, yes. know, I know how it happens. We've got a pretty large group of people here that have now kind of come together. And so, yeah, we've got people going in the three different directions at any one time. So. Yeah. It's amazing that the uh, Evans City Cemetery, uh, where they shot the original Night of the Living Dead, the opening scenes opening. in the in the cemetery, um, it's literally ten miles from where we're sitting right now recording this. Right, and uh, it's a very bucolic drive going out there, and it looks identical. I mean, nothing has changed. All the headstones were there. We all took pictures. Uh, and granted, at different times, unfortunately, <laughs> but we all took pictures of the all the uh, I guess the notable headstones where Barbara yes. hides behind and uh, Jonathan hits his head on one. It's right in front of the one where she hides behind. Right. Um, and then the infamous mausoleum, which you see in the background, which I know I helped financially uh, in the restoration of that. Yeah, yeah, that, because the, the original actually was literally falling apart, yeah. I think, and they had to rebuild a whole new one, I think. Yeah, and uh, uh, last time I was out here at Monster Bash, they were looking for donations, and I'm actually wearing the T-shirt that you can buy for Save the Chapel. And uh, they had uh, were accepting donations and help repair it. And I was like, yeah, heck, man, that, that movie was uh, huge for my childhood, so I'd like to see them do it. And they were successful in doing it. Yeah, absolutely, so they did. And then uh, we all both, again, separate times, went down to the Living Dead Museum, yes. which is in uh, further down in Evans City. Yep. Which is really neat. It's kind of a neat thing that they that they're doing that they um, that they set that up and the city. Well, I guess the city doesn't necessarily have to, have to allow it, but I guess they, you know they allow it. They it's a few bucks you go in, and it's it's really not just about Night of Living Dead. They kind of give you a little timeline history of you know the zombie film, the zombie genre. Yeah, in, in whole. it's, it's really not cool. It's not necessarily Romero centric. I've discovered because mm -hmm. I mean there was some Plan Nine from Outer Space stuff, and Romero sure. had nothing to do with that, but. It, it, it skewed a lot of Romero because he's from the Pittsburgh area when we're in basically in a suburb of Pittsburgh right, right now. But it's very, 
it's a very cool experience, especially if you're into zombies at all. It's a very, uh, lots of pictures to take, mm -hmm. uh, lots of photographs to look at. There's so much stuff to read about there. And, and there's the, some research done, so they go through and give you some timeline. They, there's little uh, 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 factoids about the film Night of the Living Dead and its sequels, and then yep. how and the uh, the branch off films where you get into the uh, the Living Dead film, Return of the Living Return Dead, of, yep. yeah, and. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of the people that have been involved in all these films have visited the museum and have put their, their name to the wall. I love the Mall of Fame. Yes. They have their, uh, their handprints and signatures on the wall. It's kind of like a, a Grauman's Theater for zombies. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And it uh, should be said that the handprints are not just handprints. They're actually done in red paint, so it yes. looks like blood. And then there's a little red signature right next to it. So it's, it's creepy, but yet fitting at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, and there was uh, other things as well, like you, like you were saying. Uh, it's not just zombie films. It's all the Romero offshoot stuff too, though. Mm -hmm. um, like with Creepshow and some of the other, you know, a lot of zombie-related stuff that isn't necessarily Romero. And it's very cool. And they have an awesome gift shop. I bought some stuff. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got I got a T-shirt for myself and something for the wife. Or actually, I got a T-shirt for the wife and something for myself. So. Yeah, I managed to get out. I'd already spent enough here at the Bash, so <laughs> I managed to get out of the gift shop without spending any more. I noticed they don't put the prices on the T-shirts, and I was afraid to ask. <laughs> no, it's one of those if you have to ask, you probably can't yeah, afford it. Yeah, exactly. It's my opinion. Um, so what... what bash number is this for you? How many times? This is only the third for me. Okay, this third is my bash. second. Second bash? But you also live a lot closer than we do. We had to drive all the yes. way from Minneapolis and you you live in the greater Cincinnati area. Yeah, so it's only it's probably a quarter of the, of the time to get here for me, for you, compared to you. And you're also at the host hotel, aren't you? No, I am not at the host hotel. It's right, you're next door. Yeah. You are at next door. Where we? Well, I'm actually across the street, which is a little bit, I'm a, there's a there's a Motel 6 that's kind of across the, the, the highway or the main oh, road oh, here. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, and it's fine. It's kind of like it, it's advertised as though it's like only you know five minutes away. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. as the crow flies. Yeah, yeah. It, they don't tell you that you have to kind of go way out of your way to get up here. But if you're going to drive by, car. you gotta drive about a half a mile down the road to do a UE to come back yeah. up to get onto this side of the of the road. But. And it's an extremely difficult road to cross via foot. Yes, uh, it's like a major interstate almost. It's a four lane, five lane, six lane. Yeah, it's a big almost. one, yeah. But there are stoplights on it. It's the strangest thing. Only on the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but worth it to go through the trouble, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoy the bash. I mean, if you're a fan of the, the, the classic monster movies yeah. and uh, and kind of horror in general, you, you're going to find your people here. This definitely, I, I think you would agree, this, this convention skews older. Mm, uh, yes. And so it tends to feature more of the monsters from the 50s and 60s movies, the monster kid stuff that we all know of today as the guys that are in their 50s and 60s that grew up with these movies. Yeah, it's not one of the the, the, the gore kind no, of horror. This, Although you will find fans of that oh, yeah. here, but they're, they're, it, it's not definitely doesn't lean that way. You're not going to get the guests. You know, no. You're not going to get any celebrities. No you're not Robert Englands, yeah, yeah. you know. But and that's and it, it's not like they sh you know they frown upon that at all. But this is, tends to be more um, universal. Well, not even universal monsters because that's a little pre this time. But more of just like the what's the movies I'm looking for? Like Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. Like that. Sure. That generation. Well, let's look at the guests that they have here today. They do have Rico Brownie, which yes. is the, you know, the last of the Universal classic Universal monsters. Uh, he was the the Gill Man, the underwater Gill Man. Yep. Uh, in Creature of the Black Lagoon. They also have director Burdike Gordon, who yep. did all the uh, the giant bug, the giant animal movies. Um, uh, what was the, uh, the 
uh, now I'm blanking on all the on all his films. A recent film, more well, recent '70s, Empire of the Ants, Food of the Gods, um, the uh, Amazing Colossal Man. There you go, back into the '50s, uh, or the Colossal Beast. I think he directed that one as well. And then uh, with beginning to the end, that's one of the Grasshoppers. Ah, okay. there you go. Yep, that's yep, a, yep. that's a big famous one there. So, yeah, any any films where anything got really big, that was Porter and Gordon. That was Mr. B.I.G. right there. Yeah. So he is here. Veronica Carlson, who, uh, you know, the Hammer Horror, one of the Hammer Horror Queens there. Um, Still looks good to this day. She looks very beautiful. <laughs> she is. She has aged incredibly well. And uh, it's like, wow, watching all those Hammer films and then you meet her in person, it's like, oh, my goodness gracious. We've got uh, Terry Moore, who was yep. in Mighty Joe Young among many other films. She has a long filmography, but I don't yeah. think she doesn't have as much of a tie with some of the monster films, but Mighty Joe Young is probably the most famous. That, and, and that is one of the more popular big films of that genre, so to have her in there and also be a guest here, is, it's a big deal. Yeah. Now, we were talking a little bit last night about when you've got a convention like this that focuses and skewers to the older films like that, yeah, yeah. and so many of those, there's not many people left from no. those films to bring in as far as guests and everything. But it did occur to me that they do kind of embrace some of the younger filmmakers that are still, that they themselves are embracing those films. Because, I mean, they're doing the premiere of uh, Joshua Kennedy. Yep. Young, uh, young filmmaker who just, I mean, he just finished film school kind of fil- young filmmaker. And yet he's cranked out like seven films already. Yeah, like zero budget films. Zero. Him and his friends, his school chums and that kind of stuff. And they are cheesy and they're corny, but I, I think they're fun as hell. Yeah, this will be actually my first time seeing any of them. Oh, really? So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one of the guys we drove up here with uh, from Minnesota, his name is Steve Sullivan. Apparently he helped write. Um, mm-hmm. Steve Sullivan is an author of note. I think he's written about 50 books or so. He lives in uh, uh, in Wisconsin. We picked him up on the way. Uh, it, was, it was all pre-planned. It's not like he was hitchhiking he's on hitchhiking. the side of the road. He saw some kid with Monster Bash or Bust <laughs> sign on the side not, of the road. Not quite like that, but... Um, so Steve Sullivan is with our little group why we're here at the Monster Bash. Uh, and so he wanted to see Josh's film, which is film, uh, which is screening here literally in about two hours from right now when yep. we're recording this. Uh, so And everybody's been... And I had heard his name before because of my connection to Monster Bash uh, with, with another filmmaker who I can talk about in a minute. But he... He's like, yeah, this Josh Kennedy guy, he's a real up-and-comer. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very curious to see yeah, this. The film premiering today is Theseus and the Minotaur. Uh, if you want to see some of the, some of his work, it's real easy because he's got a couple films in their entirety on YouTube yes. that you can go and see. Uh, one is a an homage to some of the, the 70s Hammer Dracula. Uh, Dracula 2015 AD is the name of his film. And then, then another one where I think, what was it called? Airplane something. Yeah, he, it was an homage to like the airport films. Yeah, the Airport seventy six or seventy seven or something like that. The one right. with Charlton Heston is yeah. the one he was telling me about. And um, did he put? Yeah, I think speaking thereof, he actually did the uh, he did his own homage in the Last Man on Earth or Omega Man. The Alpha Omega Man is yes. the name of the film. I believe that is also on YouTube. Those are on there because he just really wanted to use the music from those films. <laughs> they are good scores. And so he couldn't distribute them. He couldn't get them to DVD or anything. So he just has to like put them out there. But it actually makes a great gateway into these films. And for free on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, we, are, we live in a YouTube culture now. So. And then if you want to buy them, you can find his movies. They are on Amazon. You can also go to, Alpha, I think, Alpha Video yes. uh, distributes them. And they're all fairly cheap. I mean, they're, I think they're less than $10. If I'm not mistaken, that is correct. And some of them are like double features. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're they're a lot of fun. I actually had an experience. I watched one of his at the time, uh, the, the Dracula 2015, which was like at the time his latest film. That was the first one I saw because it was free. And then I ended up going back and buying his older films. So I actually, and then without meaning to, I actually watched him in like kind of reverse order. So I got to see he he just like Chris Mim yep. has, has a lot of the same actors yes. in, in his films. So I got to yeah, kind of like to watch him and his actors age backwards through his films. <laughs> it was really kind of fun. <laughs> I going, think... going all the way back to like one of his earliest films where he has his sister as an old crone, but she's like it's just like looks like elmer's glue on her face dried on her face or something oh that's dedication <laughs> that's dedication uh, i think the film that we're going to see today from him joshua kennedy is who we're speaking about uh isn't his isn't it his homage to jason and the argonauts yes yes is that is there going to be stop motion animation? there is yeah um i don't have the who, name and who does stop motion animation anymore you gotta think well about see that's it. what i would mean is he embraces and in the um you know the old school stuff that this con- this convention's all about. It's just amazing that you know. Uh, obviously, I've been involved with some films that were uh, had some stop motion animation, and we use a guy out of Australia named Norman Yeend is his name, and uh, he uh, he kind of gets a synopsis from the from the script, and he's able to do all his stop anima- stop motion animation uh, in in us film it in Australia, and then we just get the files digitally, but. Yeah, Theseus, the, the stop motion for Theseus is gonna is done by uh, Ryan Lingiel, Lingiel, oh. L-E-N-G-Y-E-L, is the is the name of the guy that does the stop motion for this one. Interesting. So it's, it's such a dying art if you think about it. It is. Unfortunately, it is. Well, with the digital age now, I mean, everybody can just make things on the computer and be done. But you miss some of the. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you miss some of the. I hate. I hesitate to use the word cheesiness, though, because it's not. Yeah. It wasn't cheesy at the time. It was very. It was scary because you could see skeletons battling right. Jason uh, or whatever. I'm referring to Jason and the Argonauts. That was there were skeletons in that one, yep. right? Yeah, yep. that's what Absolutely. I thought. Okay, I was. There's so many of those movies out <laughs> yeah. that you tend to get them all confused and crosswire, especially after a big convention like this one. There's so many of them that they're screening all the time. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but. My point being, going long way around, yeah. is that this convention could live on by just continuing to embrace some of the younger filmmakers yeah. that are still fans of the older films. And, and it may transform some, but I think they can keep going. Yeah, and these, it, I don't get the sense that Josh is making parodies. No, he's, absolutely not. He's staying not. true to form, just like Chris does, for the most part. You know, Chris doesn't make parodies either, but he's definitely trying to write his own material and not make homage films, so... It's, uh, I definitely agree with your assessment that this could potentially live on through the younger filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that, that generation will embrace the younger filmmakers and not necessarily want to just watch all the old ones from the 50s and 60s. Um, the one that we just watched the other night, the Santo versus the <laughs> Vampire Women. Uh, <laughs> if that genre ever comes back, I'd be surprised because that was a tough to sit through. I'd never yeah. seen any of the, the luchador films of that era. <laughs> That was that one. That one has a lot of dead space, is what how I described it. A lot of quiet moments where you could easily knock off, you nod off a little bit. Yeah. I was not familiar with any of those films, so having that was the first one I ever watched, and I admit I fell asleep twice. I didn't. I didn't remember one. Remember it as well as I thought I did. I'm like, oh, that's one of my favorites. No, that's really not one I think I really like to go back to. Not unless I like there's a riff tracks or a mystery science theater along with it or something. Actually, I think I'm mistaken. It wasn't it Samson. Yes. They kept, it, it, yes. It, the, this film, yeah, it's the um, 
oh, what's his name? The guy that brought the uh, all the uh, the Spanish films and everything up into the states. Um, L or Leon something Kennedy or, or what was his Murray name? or something uh, like I don't that, I'm yeah. blanking on it. But. In in Mexico, he the character was called Santo, but for some reason in America they renamed him Samson. But I love in the uh, the wrestling scenes when the crowd is chanting, they're still chanting Santo, yeah, Santo. Exactly. So if you haven't seen any of those, I accidentally had called them sombrero films, <laughs> uh, which is incredibly racist, and I apologize. I, I, I have a thing for misspeaking all the time, um, but you get, you get, it gives you an idea of what you're going to get, but not necessarily. Uh, you definitely need to check out one of the luchador films of the 50s and 60s, because they're always fighting monsters, Yep, uh, a little bit more playful of an atmosphere, but they still had really good effects, though, if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. A lot of fire, live fire effects, and... Um, good makeups you know mm-hmm. it's really uh another dying art because nowadays everybody will just put things in digitally yeah you know unless you're on the walking dead then they really gross it up but right right anyway let's talk a little bit more about the mim universe the mimiverse yes sir now first of all uh he's working on a new film now yes sir demon with the atomic brain Have i got that right you did that i can't wait for i mean everything that i've heard the little tidbits that he's thrown out just, I'm really looking forward to this. It, it'll be uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a chance to do both behind the scenes and in front of the camera work again. Um, it's as Chris has got progressed, he's gotten better at writing and editing his films. That's not to say that his first film was bad or anything. It's not that, but he's figured out how to tighten things up and stuff. But this script, when I got it, I was one of the first people to get it, and I was thankful too because I, I read it, I tore through it immediately. And I went on Facebook and I had said, this is the best thing I'd ever written. And I tagged everybody that was going to be in the film and that I knew of at that point. And so they, of course, became very interested in it. And I think this one, uh, it clips along. It's uh, interesting. There's a lot of new actors that are in this one. Um, so you had spoken previously about, you know, you watch some of the people. Because Chris tends to use the same people over and over again. And there's nothing wrong with that if you play different characters. But sometimes you have to start introducing some new blood, uh, especially because all these films are connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in very roundabout ways, very subtle ways, <laughs> and a lot of people might not miss it. So Chris writes them to be standalone, but if you're a super fan, they are all connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, this one follows that tradition. Uh, it's a little different form. He tries to challenge himself every time. Um, I can't really say too much about it, uh, but we are hoping for a October premiere, uh, early October, it sounds like. Um, and we are done with principal photography we actually just finished two weeks ago today wow excellent. two weeks ago today um, it's all in the can and there's about 46 minutes of it edited at this point uh it'll be about it'll should be just over 75 minutes long so just under feature length but that's what chris does right his films don't work if you try to get them to 90 minutes they feel padded mm-hmm. uh this they cut them down to about 75 minutes they're lean mean you know you just get right to it and so this is going to be really good. I'm very excited about this one, and a lot of the actors are as well. A lot of the older actors, a lot of the guys that have been around, and gals, uh, they, they feel just as similarly about the film as I do. It's, I think this is really going to be a, a, a great one and a, a worthy addition to his existing filmography. Uh, to follow along and kind of get more and get the details of this film and any future films and the past films, he's got a, lots of different ways to do that. He's got, of course, there's the website, the SaintEuphoria.com. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not going to even... S-T-E-U... 
P-H-O-R-I-A, I think. Do I spell it? I knew it. You gotta I spell it. you gotta spell Saint out all the way. Oh, you gotta, you, oh, there you go. If my wife was here, she would give you all sorts of crap. <laughs> um, well, there's gonna be a link in the show notes. So. <laughs> yes, so it's SaintEuphoria.com. Although he also buys the um, domain name for every individual film. True. So if you want to feel like typing out demonwiththeatomicbrain.com, <laughs> you can that, do that will get you there. Uh, it's a lot more to type out than Saint Euphoria, but spell it all out. S-A-I-N-T-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-A.com. And, and there, that, that takes you to everything. Yep. So. And there is a couple podcasts that you can listen to. If, yep. you're, if, you're, if you're listening to a lot of podcasts, which you're listening to this, you at least, at least listen to one, which if you listen to this, only this one, I, believe me, there's others out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, he does one himself that just sort of is the his... Uh, Status report, I think. Pretty much. Um, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name. It's actually the Mimiverse Audio Cast is there the one go. that Chris did. Now that actually, back in the day, we started we started our own podcast about six years ago. Um, actually, just over six years ago now. Uh, and so we used to try to cram a bunch of stuff into one show for a number of years where we were trying to interview guests from the film and tell everybody what was going on in the Mimiverse all in the same podcast. And it got to be too distracting for the guests because the first... We'd always do two segments, two about hour-long segments or so. Sometimes they were longer, sometimes they were shorter. Uh, so the first segment was usually all Chris talking about what was going on in the Mimiverse. And while people liked that, we had guests that were coming in and they felt like they didn't know what to do. So we're like, okay, what if we did it this way? What if we broke out into two separate podcasts and we release one on the first of the month and one on the 15th of the month? So that way, if people just want to find out what's going on in the Mimiverse, they listen to Chris's audio cast, mm -hmm. which also has other stuff in so it. Some great as well. bonus material there's, in there. There's as well. jokes. Derek M. Cook of Monster Kid Radio always does a movie review. Uh, Dr. Bob Tesla of the Gateway Film Center, he has a bad joke bad of the month. Bad joke yeah. of the month. Um, and uh, Chris does uh, reading material. He would do, he was doing uh, reading from the Canoe Cops versus the Mummy. By Steve Sullivan, by yep. the way. Bring it back the round. And um, he also will do segments from fans, uh, fan fiction. Uh, now Chris is writing his own little segment for, uh, it's called, uh, oh my God, it's a curling thing. <laughs> it's, you, just, I, you know what, I'm not even going to spoil it for you. You just got to go listen to it. But that, his show was uh, started as a way to tighten up both shows, so it, it would cater to more people. Uh, the audio cast is more for what's going on in the Mimiverse right now, any conventions, what's you know that sort of thing. Where our show now has fallen into more of the interview casual. We tend to do it outside around a bonfire in Minnesota, which in winter presents some problems. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we tend to sit down with the guests, uh, which are typically people involved with the film, actors. Uh, people who have worked behind the scenes in terms of uh, monster makeup effects, people who build us props. We sit down because there's there's stories to be told there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you make a film, there's so much that goes into the film. And a lot of that, like we feel that needs to be told, those stories, we hold on to them. And we record them around a bonfire because, how you know, it's an old tradition. Everybody was recording around a bonfire. And you'd think that recording outside around a bonfire would present a lot of problems. It really doesn't. You know, you, a lot of people will tell us and email us, like, I love listening to your show because of the fact that it feels like I'm sitting next to the bonfire right yeah. next to you guys. Yeah, you can hear the fire crackling. You can hear the yeah. fire crackling. We, I literally haul everything up from my basement every month, <laughs> uh, and I set it up outside, and I make sure to get wood that crackles. Yeah. Uh, there's a, You can't just get any old wood, folks. Uh, <laughs> in order to get the actual real sound of wood fire, you have to use pine or something like that. And um, So we sit down with the guests, and it's very laid back. It's more of a casual show. 
Uh, there is explicit material in there, but we always bleep everything out. Uh, so there are the seven big swear words, which I'm not going to repeat now. No. Nope. Uh, they all get bleeped out because uh, Chris had asked very, right when we did the first show. He's like, you know, I'm trying to ma- maintain a family friendly image. And while in our personal lives, we swear like sailors. In the podcast show, if we swear, can we bleep it out? And I said, yeah, let's do that. So it becomes funny because who does that anymore? Right, yeah. Who actually ble- – so many podcasts are so explicit now, uh, and yet here we are every month. I spend more time editing the podcast than I do <laughs> actually recording the bleeps it. in? Because <laughs> you have to go through and find each individual one and then select the audio, bleep. But you got to bleep it in such a way that you can understand what word they were trying to say. So you hear a little bit of the – trailing uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the pre and the uh, trailing part of the word so that they can understand exactly what word they were trying to say so so this one is the mimiverse by mimiverse bonfire podcast yes, sir. and it's a little harder to get a hold of right now yes you guys don't Please have it going down crap yes for the longest time what you said this has been going on for six years yes, you guys sir. do not have an rss feed for this thing the only way to listen to it is to go to the website or Saint go to sainteuphoria.com or go to the uh, where I think you got you host it like on archive.org is yep, where you we post them it. All, we throw them all up on archive.org. So those are the two places to it. you actually have to go and just listen to it from the website or download it to your phone or download, download it to your computer and listen to it. So it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Now I've been <laughs> I've been politely joking as kind of poking every now and again to like oh is it on iTunes oh no way <laughs> no it's not actually to give it up for Chris's listeners it's absolutely Chris Page here he has been subtly <laughs> we're gonna say subtly he's been he's been waving the flag for longer than almost anybody he's like hey guys you guys need to get this show on some other medium than just direct because you're missing out on so many other people and people, if they love the show, they have to go through the hassle of going to the website and physically grabbing it for themselves. And so uh, my wife is my co-host, and Chris is our always uh, our, we call Regular him the guest, guest of honor. Yeah. yeah, he's always on the show. Um, and so my wife, Rubar, love you, babe. She will, she has for years said that she's going to take the lead on this particular topic of endeavor yeah and of getting it on itunes or getting it on soundcloud or getting it somewhere so that people don't have to go physically get to it it just automatically comes to them well that's been what two and a half years now <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet so chris and i chris has showed his audio cast is set up on an rsss feed yes so it is people will they if they like it they can just automatically grab it it'll automatically grab it for them whenever it's released so on the way here to monster bash this year we decided Damn. <laughs> Damn's okay. All right. Darn it. <laughs> Let's just do this without the wife knowing. Because she'll never know. <laughs> so we're actually going to go ahead. Chris and I are just going to go ahead and set it up so that it becomes up on an RSS feed. The problem is, is that we can start it from now, from our newest episodes. But what do we do with all the old ones? Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to set up the go through the trouble of getting all of our old ones up on the same feed and there are uh, we just released our 69th episode yeah that's a lot of work that's all so that it takes a little bit of time to get all the files moved over and linked and everything because uh-huh. you have to do that was an xml file or something that you have to fill out or something i forget what it is but so it will happen uh sooner rather than later at this point and it, it won't happen with she won't we're just gonna say no we're gonna take care of it don't worry about it and you just have to be funny on the podcast so and then and then that way then it shuts everybody up because it's not just you either yeah. and there are a lot of people that are like come on guys 
come on. This is 2017. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this like real, real podcast. Yeah, I'll admit there's a lot of the episodes that I I've just not listened to. I haven't heard you guys because it's just it, it, it is a little bit of a hassle. I got to go to the website. I got to download it. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. I made the mistake of getting a phone that doesn't have the big memory. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't be downloading this stuff all the time. Yeah, people they usually download them on their work computers is what we've, yeah. we've been told. Because um, they, they, the work doesn't care, you know, and then whenever you're done with it, you can delete it or right. archive it or do whatever you want to do with it. So, But, yeah, we'll get it up on an RSS feed, RSS feed rather soon. Uh, Chris and I will just take care of it and just whatever. And then we'll tell Rue about, hey, guess what? we got that RSS feed, RSS feed set up. And she's like, what? I was going to do that. I was going to do that. Well, that was two and a half years ago, dear. Well, it'll be awesome to finally have it and it just show Thank up you. in the feed. I I, I like uh, whenever I see uh, Chris's one pop up, go like, oh, great, get a little uh, news about the Memiverse. Yep. I always like seeing it. Uh, I like getting the newsletter. You can sign up for a newsletter to come to your yep. email to let you know what's going. That'll help kind of get you involved in what uh, what's going on in the Memiverse. To let you know if there's new episodes of uh, the Bonfire Podcast available. Yep. If you do want to go listen to it or download it, and. Uh, a lot, lot of fun stuff there, and lot, all the links to the, the, the movies, to the merchandise. Yep. I mean, he's got not only is the memberverse just a memberverse of films; it's an entire memberverse of product, and, and it's just all tied in together. And then there's a big family because you get everyone involved. Like you said, the actors that, that are involved in these films, they love coming back, even if they're not in the film. They show up for the podcast. They like they being involved. They love staying. It's, it has literally become a big family. Making the convention tours and everything. We, yeah. I mean, that's how I've met a lot, a lot of you guys just through the convention. That's how I found out about the Mim Films at all is bumping you guys at a convention. Yeah, at uh, Starfest. Starfest in Denver years ago. Yeah, that's so where I, that's where we first met. Which is odd because neither of us are from Denver. If you think about it. No. <laughs> It's had to funny. travel to be there, and yeah. uh, so no, it's it really is. It's this film, or not this film, um, this whole production company. It literally, it's like Katamari Damacy. As you're rolling and you're picking up things, that's us. If you're familiar with that video game at all, no, no, uh, it's a not. Japanese video game. Gotcha. Uh, you roll a ball and it's a big sticky ball, and you just oh, keep picking okay. up things. And so that's what that's what the Memiverse is. It literally feels like a Katamari Damacy. Uh, that's a really big geek reference right there. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I might have lost to everybody with that one, but uh, it's like the proverbial snowball rolling down the hill. It just keeps yes. getting bigger and yes. bigger as it goes down the hill. That's the same thing. Um, and yeah, we have. Not just the movies. There is all sorts of merchandise. We used to have T-shirts for a while. We're mm-hmm. probably going to get them again. Um, there's posters. There's stuffed animals. Trading cards. Trading cards now. Um, there is all sorts of stuff. There's uh, Sometimes we have specific items from the films that were actually film-used. We'll put those up. And it all helps generate. It's not like it's money's going into our pockets. It's going back to help make more films. Because we've done... This will be our 12th film in 12 years. Uh, now, I've only been directly involved for seven of them, the last seven, but I've been a fan of the film since the beginning. I'm one of the, me and my wife are one of the few people in this world that have been to every single premiere. Um, and it all always happens in Minneapolis. And, yep. um, so, and, we, and my wife has been very, very, very good friends with uh, Chris Mim long before he was even a filmmaker. Because when I first met him, he wasn't even a filmmaker. Right. He was a musician. That's what <laughs> oh, we bonded whoa. over. All right. And then he disappeared for nine months, and he said, hey, I made a film. You want to come see it? And I'm like, what? Yeah, sure. And then five years after that, I started helping him out with making them, and now here I am in it, helping him with conventions and all that other stuff. So it's, it's been a hell of a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. And I get a chance to meet everybody, and 
I feel bad for Chris Page, but he's he's such a trooper. And the guy <laughs> cracks me up. He's hilarious, guys. He makes me laugh so hard. You were on fire the other day when you were just <laughs> making jokes left and right. That's the stuff we should have been recording, but unfortunately yeah, no it's a little kidding. bit blue for the Yeah, for the maybe, podcast, maybe. But. All right, so before we go, let me I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, since you're on the inside of the film, yes, sir. you know, looking out. Thank you, man. Um, what would you consider what would be the film that you would choose if someone if you're looking for the gateway film to get into the memiverse what one would you choose i wasn't gonna have to say i get that question a lot um, i figured you would but i want to go ahead and put I, it out here it, it wafts between two different ones but i tend to go with the giant spider um the giant spider the title says it all you don't get any sort of well one i wonder what that's about you're right. about a giant bug <laughs> Um, the Giant Spider was really fun to make. Uh, I happened to be laid off the, during the entire production of that film. So that one I was able to really, really, really get a huge hand in helping create that film. Not from uh, behind the scenes, but in front of the camera as well. That was the General Castle's big, second big introduction right. into the film. Uh, and he, um, so him and I really got a chance. There were so many locations that we shot at, uh, so many things that we had to do it felt like a real movie because we had to rent mega horns for certain scenes and we had to coordinate so much stuff and it all came together the very first scene we shot was uh down at the horse track in minnesota it's called canterbury downs and we needed a goat for one of the scenes and so we contacted somebody and they said yeah we have a goat you guys can use but you have to film (laughs) here on on the premises but you can go into the woods and you can film your scene and it was a little weird he's like yeah you can take a goat into the woods and do whatever you want with it (laughs) a little little awkward there but um so we filmed that very first scene and it went off flawlessly without a hitch and there was a certain energy there and that was the very first thing we shot and that carried through the entire production of that film no problems at all with that film and the editing was really smooth and there was no hiccups and it just had that film has an energy and a pacing to it that it just resonates with everybody who sees it. It's huge undertaking for us. Uh, it was our most expensive film to make to date. Even though we've made films since then, uh, they typically have been a little bit smaller in scope. Um, that one really took it out of us. And, but it was so we look back and with such fond memories. And everybody on camera gave such great performances. Even myself, surprisingly. I, and I am not an actor by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and yet he keeps giving me these these roles that I'm thankful for. I don't want to sound like I'm not, but it's it, there was a there was a certain paranoia going into that film. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, Chris. You might want to find somebody else to do it. He's like, ah, you'll be fine. So that the giant spider is the one that I would say has a certain amount of energy, and it tends to be as as a going on the other side of the coin. Now that we have to sell that film at conventions, that's typically the one that people will grab the most, right? Uh, because you can look at it. There's a giant spider right on the cover. Right. They're going to be like, okay, I know what this is about. And then when they see that film, then they come in. And it's literally is the gateway drug to the Mimiverse, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. Otherwise, the other film I was going to say was Monster, uh, The Monster of Phantom Lake. Uh, and that one was his first film. It has this charm to it that he's yes. never been able to top. No, absolutely. And that he'll is, even admit that himself. Yeah, that is, I mean, I love Giant Spider. Yeah. Uh, Danny Johnson Saves the World, I think, is brilliant fun. It is. Uh, but if you push come to shove and you ask me what my favorite Mimiverse film is, it's the Monster Phantom Lake. It is. Uh, that was uh, when I saw that film in the. I, I was so confused going into that premiere because that's not the, the filmmaker Chris was not the Chris I knew. 
musician Chris was the Chris I knew. <laughs> and we saw Monster Phantom Lake in a big theater, and I've seen it several times since in other theaters and in drive-ins and all sorts of stuff. And that film has such a charm that he has never... It's the innocence of it all, because he didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He, he's gone on record to say that there are certain things he would probably redo, knowing what he does now, knows, right. knows now about filmmaking. But I'm like, it, you would kill the film. Yep. You couldn't redo that. There's a, a real great bit of, I mean, there's there's plenty of the homage to the, the yes. genre. There's humor. Yes. Uh, there's some overt, some just subtle, just some, you know, something like, is that kind of naughty? Uh, is yes. that kind of humor? There, there's a little bit of innuendo there. He literally yeah. got it all. He hit magic in a bottle with that very first film. And uh, he's, to a certain extent, he's been chasing that dragon ever since. Sure. Because a lot of people still hold, especially a lot of the longtime fans, they look at Monster Phantom like, and that's the best thing he's ever done, and nothing's ever come since. Mm. Nothing's ever come close since. Which is frustrating, but yet challenging at the same time, because he knows that. And so we just try to keep doing what we do, and we have all these people come help us out, and it's it's just fun either way. And oh, sometimes absolutely. you get what you you are shooting for, sometimes you don't, but you end up with something that was better than you originally thought or worked differently, but it's, I mean, it's, still, it's still a really good film. So, Well, that is going to do it for us right here at Monster Bash for the moment, I think. We're going to go back and enjoy some more of the festivities and yes, uh, maybe walk to the dealer room and tempt ourselves yet again I, I, I think i'm done I, I i like i said last year i was here and then like literally the last tour i'm like oh there's two or three things that i wanted and uh, ended up spending more money before i walked out the door so we shall see same boat here but look up look up the monster bash you can go to i think it's monsterbashnews.com or monsterbash.us uh to get information on the uh, on the convention yep go to sainteuphoria.com learn all about the memberverse and find out about the podcasts and all that and then uh, you know check both things out come visit us here at mars pa and uh You'll, you'll find some of Chris's films, even if Chris isn't here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's usually somebody here working for us on our behalf, so it's been cool. All right. Thank you very much for letting me be on your show. Hey, Mark, thank you very much. i got to give you guys uh, on uh, more often, I think. Definitely that would, to that get, would be awesome. Yeah, definitely have to get you or Chris on again uh, when you come closer to the, the premiere date of uh, Demon with Atomic Brain. Are you coming out for the premiere? No, I won't be able to go. Ah, it's just too, I, I would love to. I would so love to. It's just it's It's, it's an distance. experience. It's a, it's the distance thing. Oh, you know? I get it. I get it. Yeah, it. it is it is it is it is hard to get away when you got work and family and everything going on. I understand. Yeah. Well, thanks again for letting me be on your show. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you. All right.